Welcome to our special episode of our Insight Series, hosted by BSI in partnership with McAfee. I'm Stephen Bowes, the Global Practice Director at BSI Consulting, and I'm delighted to be joined today by Nigel Hawthorne, the Cloud and Privacy Spokesperson for McAfee. Hi, Nigel. Hi, Stephen. Good to be here. Great. Uh, please do make sure to listen to our other episodes on this Insight Series by clicking on the link available in the description. In today's podcast, we're talking about discussing online shopping, security considerations, and especially in light of Black Friday and Cyber Monday. It's a t- topic I'm very passionate about. You know, people are, work throughout the course of the year to earn as much money as they can. We're coming towards that special time of the year, Christmas time, Thanksgiving, and the, the online shopping boosts up, especially in this year of COVID-19, where there are more restrictions around traditional shopping. So bad actors are taking advantage of people, and we want to help people on this on this podcast by giving them some really good tips and tricks about what to do and how to go about it. So the first thing we will talk about is one thing we will say was we'll focus on the cybersecurity elements of it. Um, so when you are browsing shop, the first thing we would say is think about the device you're using. All right, a lot of people do a lot of browsing on phones. Uh, we've but we've seen, and the problem with phones is that they are limited in terms of their functionality. If you receive an email in, and you receive an email on your browser, say it's a Gmail or a Yahoo Mail, whatever it is, uh, and you're a bit suspicious, you have the ability with a laptop to hover over the link. You can bring your mouse across, hover over the link, and look at the actual URL, look at the actual link address, and look for any anomalies. What you're looking to see there is what we call a domain name, like bbc.co.uk, or rte.ie, or ebay.ie, stuff like that. They're called root domain names. That's what you're looking for. What can happen with a suspicious link when it does come in or a suspicious email, and it is a bad one, it is, it is a bad mail that's come through, is they'll use special characters to represent um, the, the company they're trying to impersonate. So it could be eBay.com, but with instead of having an A, it's an ampersand. Um, or they can have a, have a one instead of an L and stuff like that, or, or an E instead of a three. So this, these are kind of the, the, the signs you need to be looking out for. They're much harder to spot when you're using a phone. So what we would say is, for people who are thinking about this, Aaron, certainly browse on your phone, get some ideas, navigate your way through some sites and, and have some ideas. But when it comes to purchasing, we would advocate you should be using the laptop because that gives you that extra layer of ability to check. And the other thing you can do, of course, is check the site information to make sure that you have a secure uh, connection to the website. So what that is, is the padlock symbol at the top of your browser next to the address that you're going to, and to make sure that you have a padlock symbol. And if you click on that, you'll see site information, and that will ensure that you have a secure connection to that site and make sure all that that information there is valid. You'll see green ticks next to the site information. And this is very important. And no matter what device you're using, whether it be a a tablet or a laptop or a phone, what we would always say is make sure it's patched. Make sure you have the very latest version of the iPhone OS, uh, the Android, Windows 10, make sure it's patched. Because the cyber criminals, they're very much aware of the volume of shopping coming up in November. Um, I read a report recently that, in this is a US report, but it's, it's prevalent nevertheless, $189 billion will be spent at this moment, at this time, through Thanksgiving and the, these uh, Black Friday and Cyber Monday events, $189 billion. So all the criminals are looking for is to get a percentage, even a very small percentage of, of that is a large amount of money. Um, so that's what we would say to people around that. Um, the other thing, of course, a very handy feature our, our good friends in the browser market do is they always prompt you to save your credit card information when you when you start to put it in. And we would, we would say, don't do that. And the reason we, we we're saying don't do that is just to allow for that extra level of trust. 
if you were to have an issue with your browser that's bad enough you know but if you had to were to have an issue with your browser and it uh, storing your credit card information then the problem is is double down you know it's twice a bit, as big a problem so we would say and uh, you know when you're doing your online purchasing although it's a little extra step you have to take please do not save the information in the browser please make sure that you 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 know deselect that option and once you deselect it once the browser won't prompt you again on the same website which is very important um, and where you can, we would say for um, paying mechanisms, um, try to use a, an existing, you know, a trusted payment mechanism, example, PayPal. You know, they've been around for a long time, very secure. You could, it gives you an extra layer of security, extra layer of insurance effectively. You plumb in your credit card details into your account there. It has advanced features like multi-factor authentication. Um, so uh, we would say that. And what, the final thing I'll say on this topic is around we know as well that one technique the bad uh, actors are doing, the criminals are doing, is that they are leveraging some popular brands in phishing campaigns and email phishing. So what they'll do is they'll go to a, a famous website, Reebok, Levi's, whatever it is, and they will scrape the uh, images from those websites. They, they will take a copy of those and they'll reconstruct those using the images and, and the data they've taken from that website and construct up a very you know authentic looking email to say look here's a 50 percent discount on levi 501s click here to to get your unique code that you can redeem at the online store and of course by hovering over the link you'll see this come in you'll notice it won't be coming from levi.com it'll come in from some other url address um, and then you'll know that's a, that's that's a spam mail that's a suspicion mail and you can flag it with your 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 um with your provider nigel from your side um do you concur what are your thoughts on on some of these ideas i do and i just want to go uh, a bit deeper into multi-factor authentication which you mentioned quickly there so if it's available always take it it can take two minutes to set up and it can give you a lifetime of additional security and what we mean by this is making sure that you have different as we call them factors different um, ways of proving who you are. So it may be that one factor is a password and one is using your mobile phone, which is therefore uh, something you know and something you have. And therefore you are giving more confidence both to you and to the organization you're transacting with that you really are who you say you are. The other one about, I mentioned passwords, is never ever use the same password in more than one site. Because if one is breached, then all are breached. Criminals, when they find names and passwords, will try to use them on other services. So if you've got something on a website that you think, oh, this isn't very important. Um, they've just asked me to set up an account, but I'm probably not going to do any transactions. You might think, well, it doesn't matter if I reuse a password. But think that the criminal who gets that will immediately try to log into every bank they can think of, your iTunes account, your PayPal account, et cetera, and use that password or something similar to it. So um, don't use multi uh, the same password in multiple places and perhaps use some uh, password managers. There are some good free ones out there that you can use as a consumer to try to keep your passwords safe. Yeah, some good tips there. And indeed, I'll add one to it around the passwords. The key to getting a very secure password is around the length. 
the, the cracking of a password is, is effectively a mathematical exercise. And the longer the length of the password, the greater the mathematical exercise is. Think of simple maths. The, the more numbers you have in the equation, the harder the equation. So that's exactly what it is. So, so years ago, um, the traditional advice around passwords was to have have a letter, have a number, have a special character, have an uppercase, have a lowercase, all that kind of jazz. And people ended up with, I don't know, to make something up, a desk $2010, something like that, with a capital D or something crazy like that. They're very short passwords, six, seven, eight, nine characters, single digit passwords. So what the current advice, uh, that's been modified by industry uh, bodies, and the current advice is really around the, 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 what we call the entropy or the length of the, car of the password. And, and the recommendation is now to use a passphrase, which is effectively a sentence, and something very specific to you. You know, you, something, I'm just gonna make something up here. My granny's name was Sarah. You know, now that would seem simple because there's no complex characters, there's no numbers, there's no, you know, uh, whatever. But the fact is that's a very hard password to crack. Um, and especially if it's something unique data to you, uh, a person or my favorite sport is Taekwondo or, you know, my favorite F1 driver was Michael Schumacher. Now that's a long password, but as, my, as uh, Nigel alludes to, if you're using a password manager, these are these complex passwords can be stored for your eBay account, for your Amazon, for your PayPal. And there, once you authenticate using multi-factor into your password manager, you can just click on eBay, click on PayPal, and just straight in. So it actually gets actually easier uh, with more complexity. So that, that's, that's an important point. And the bit about Nigel, I like what you said about the, the using of different passwords. Absolutely. You know, there's there's a very good website which we'd, we'd recommend to people called haveibeenpawned.com. Um, and pawnage is really where your email address, your credentials have been have been disclosed. They have been breached. And it, and it could be something innocuous. It could have been something you signed up to in 2012 and the website, you know, they, they, they had a breach in 2014 and your email address is out there. Your Yahoo, your Gmail, Hotmail, whatever it is, is out there. So if you go to haveibeenpawned.com, you can type in your email address, hit go. It'll tell you when your pass your your email address was the, the, breached um in in what year or um, and in what breach it was so in 2014 with the paypal hack whatever it is or or sorry not the linkedin hack uh, 75 million addresses were disclosed and then the question will be have i changed my password since then if i have then you're fine but if you haven't you certainly should do so so that's an important tip as well um what we'll do is just jumping into the into the financial element of it as well um, what we would say is the following. You should be monitoring your online transactions with your banking applications, okay? This is a very important part. So not just for your to monitor your spending, but from a cybersecurity perspective, looking for anomalous behavior. And one key anomalous behavior trait we've noticed with, with, with criminals is that they will try a dummy run with your credit card. If they do get your credentials and your credit card details through whatever method, they'll try a dummy run. They'll put something in Oculus in like, you know, one cent or one euro, something like that. Um, and they'll put a kind of a narrative like bank charge or standing charge or something kind of innocuous to see if it gets through and without any issues. Once that, that's a trial run. Once that's been validated, that validates all the data that they, they have on you, your credit card number, expiry date, et cetera. And then they can rack up the, uh, the charges on the card then afterwards. So look for those ones, apart from obviously the big ones, somebody buying flowers on your account from Argentina or something crazy like that. Uh, so do check your, your banking apps, check and monitor your transactions online. And as Nigel says there, but I'm bringing it into the financial side of things, 
if there are additional security offerings available to, to you by your bank, please do take them up. For example, we're aware of the Verified with Visa uh, functionality, which is available for a number of banks and number of cards here. And what that is, is it is an extra hop, there's no doubt. So you put in your credit card details, you've checked the browser, you've checked the address, it's all secure, it looks good. You're buying that gift for, for that person for Christmas. You put in your credit card details, you hit go, you then get a verified with Visa pop-up and it'll send you an SMS text message to your phone to validate with a code. It's another level that the bad actors won't have access to your phone, won't have access to that code, and it gives you that extra level of uh, security and protection around your, your details. Um, Christmas, a very important time, Nigel, brings its own unique challenges, I would guess. What would be some of the challenges you see specifically around this time of the year? Yeah, well, I think the big thing is everyone, not everyone, but so many of us get new devices around the Christmas period. So, um, you know, check the settings on the new device. The good news is that the defaults for security are much stricter now than they used to be in the past. So don't be tempted to turn them off. Don't be tempted to say, well, I used to work without all of this security on my previous device, so um, I'll go into the options and then uh, remove them. In fact, go into the security options when you get a, a new device and have a look what there is, because usually you can add even more. And it is important. It's your money and it's your uh, information that might potentially be lost because you get excited about a new device, you turn it on and you immediately start a transaction. Yeah, it's a good point. And actually, bringing up new, new devices, there's also the fact that the, um, genuinely over the last several months globally, we've seen a series of new websites appearing. And what these are, these are genuine websites uh, whereby um, retailers are obviously moving to, to on, online functionality, which they didn't previously have to, have to do. Um, obviously, driven by the fact that there have been lockdowns across Europe, across America, you can't get to the, to the shops physically, especially the, the ones that are non-core shopping. So there, there is a brand new a, a rush to get on the web, a rush to get to enable their business online. But as a result of that, what can happen is similar to Nigel, your advice on new devices, these new websites, are they fully checked? Have they been pen tested? Are they PCI compliant? Have they engaged with PCI you know, retailers? Uh, are they secure? That's a genuine question, especially for SMEs who are not familiar with it, not used to it. And also, I guess, like anything, when you have a flood of activity in any given space, like putting websites together, there will be shortcuts taken. People will rush to, to get the online presence to generate some market. So again, if you're coming across retailers that have, you know, check those website settings, check the site information, and as you navigate around, just be careful what you click on and so on. Um, the other thing we'll say as well is, is around extending this advice to family members. You know, this, this is something I, I've been passionate about for a long time, um, especially for our, our elderly. Um, this digital transformation, this digital revolution effectively that's going on around the world, whereby governments are advocating digital, transfer, uh, digital, digital transformation. So what they're doing, of course, is if you want to get your car tax, you go online. If you want to go banking, you go online. If you want to book a flight, you go online. And now, of course, medical um, healthcare, you go online. For a lot of people are getting left behind, especially on the elderly side. Um, so really, we would say to, to people, do extend this information to other family members. The steps they should take when, when when they're getting new technical devices, as Nigel alludes to, with their children around, especially around privacy settings, not just security. So security will protect you as you is, but privacy as well. You know, especially around those apps like Instagram, Snapchat, that the kids are using. Be careful what you share. You know, what's in the background. 
um, and so on, default passwords, you know, if, you know, location services. These are incredible number of privacy settings that you need to be very aware of. But do help family members that are not as tax savvy as you may be, um, because there are people who have to shop online, not just because they, they have to, um, because of the fact that there's lockdowns, but also because they they may have no choice. They may not want to travel. They may be in a in a you know a a weakened group that are susceptible to this virus. So even if the shops open back up, they don't want to be engaging with crowds. They do want to um, take advantage of technology. They do want to make those purchases online, get them delivered to the house. But they may need your help to do that. So we we would advocate that anybody listening on this podcast who obviously is you know tuned in enough to be able to get some tips do please pass it on and, and pass it onwards and upwards. And of course, there's a lot of a lot of good information out there in addition to ourselves, given that there's lots of good information available from the banks. Also, Bank did an annual fraud survey recently and had some very interesting findings. So we would say to anybody, keep researching and keep looking up those sorts of information. Uh, Nigel, I think we've covered off the, the main core of what we're going to discuss today. I want to say thanks for joining us. Uh, and to our listeners, we hope you've enjoyed this very special episode of our six-part insight series. We did focus on privacy, compliance, and the cloud. This was a special episode to, c- to cover off consumer spending. Many thanks for joining us. Please do make sure to check all our podcast episodes on our website, and we hope to see you all soon. Thanks very much. Thank you. Thank you.